Why did I write that? Hi, and welcome to Why Did I Write That, a weekly podcast where two friends read each other's bad creative writing. I'm Dana. And I'm Anjali. Let us begin. Okay. We are going to read chapter 9 and 10 together because they are very short. Very short indeed. Quick recap. Enva is apparently still relevant to the plot. Still wants uh, assassins. Yeah, just like randomly shows up. Like I didn't even realize this was like a different paragraph. She was just like there. Um, <laughs> and then she like sees Snow White sitting on a bridge. It's like <gasps> gasp. And then she like del- disguises herself as a delivery person from like a co-op is what we decided. And Snow White <laughs> eats the apple and goes thump and dies or something. All right. And that's where the chapter ended. Are we ready for me to continue? I am ready to close the chapter that is Snow White and Summon Vampires. Okay. Chapter 9 The guys came home to find Snow lying on the floor. They tried, to wake, they tried to wake her up, but nothing worked. It was Johnny who spotted the apple. She must have been poisoned, he observed, pointing to the apple near her left hand. Why would someone do this? Matt sobbed, holding Snow's unconscious body against him. So one prediction was correct. I was correct. You did predict that he would sob while holding her? Yes. <laughs> uh, he was so good to be right. I think her stepmother found out she wasn't dead, Frank whispered, clearly mortified. Okay, how does everyone immediately know to jump to blaming Enva? Also, why is he mortified? Because it's all his fault. I don't know. But the same way she immediately, when, you know, he's like, hey, I'm assassin, I'm here to kill you. She's like, you know who would say assassins to me? Enva. Enva. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's because Enva, she knew, like, Enva and her had a weird relationship because she walked in on Snow either sleeping with someone or, like, masturbating or something like that. But she's apparently reason to kill someone two apparently, years later. Yeah. Two years later. I mean, I have been in situations that was so awkward that I wished that I or the other person would just die so that it would just be a secret that I took, that we both took to our graves. Yes, that has definitely happened. But again, I'm just realizing like all these things, like they have not heard or seen from or been bothered with Eva for two years. And yeah, right, like, this is two years later. And it's like immediately like, yeah, it's the, obviously the Enva. The first thing that pops into Frank's mind is like, clearly Enva came back and poisoned her. I wonder if they got... And any, I am mortified. Yeah, I, I wonder if they got any other like assassin's gigs in those two years. They had to. It doesn't, it doesn't say. It does not say. It does not say. But, but they had to have gotten their blood somehow. Yeah. Because I mean, it sounds like she was not their blood supply. Oh yeah, maybe, yeah. But I'm also, like, really hung up on this, like, him being mortified. Is he mortified that his reputation as an assassin is ruined? He'll get, like, a really shitty Yelp review? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Like, is it like, oh, shit, like, like, I I don't understand. Like, whatever, Frank, I'm just going to carry on. Unless you have something to say. Yeah, I have not decided. I don't know how we're supposed to feel about Frank. Because I feel like the clear allies are Jared and Josh. The clear villains are Jake and Johnny. Mm. Sunny is throwaway. So, Matt is the, you know, like, love interest, has all the drama. Mm. The fuck is Frank? Frank is true neutral. Mm, true neutral. Yeah. All right, I'm going to carry on. Uh, okay. So he's Switzerland. All right. <laughs> all right, clearly mortified. I told her the delivery guy was going to come. Her stepmother must have disguised herself as the delivery worker, Sonny concluded. 
How? How do you conclude these things? The seven vampires stared at Snow's helpless body? That's question mark there. <laughs> they should not have been assassins. They should have been detectives. What were they to do? <laughs> they had this body? Body. <laughs> they built a glass coffin in which they laid her in to preserve her body. How are they going to keep her from getting rigor mortis? I didn't think of these things at yeah. the time. Matt made everyone take a vow that they would one day wake her up. How did that look? <laughs> the same way the group hug looked. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, question answered. Each day, one of them would try a different method to try and wake her. They even tried witchcraft. As one does. So, oh, so like necromancy. That's what they tried. Like evil dark magic. Like runes and shit. Possible. Circles on the ground. All right. I'm not trying to think if any of the other stories involved witchcraft or not. Like if that is setting up a crossover. But if it doesn't mention a name, then it doesn't. Okay. It well, just has witchcraft. I appreciate that this has witchcraft. Yeah, so yeah. possible dark magic and runes and stuff. Possible. Possible. I'm yeah. not sure. They even tried witchcraft. But day after day, they would fail and snow would lay in the glass coffin, undisturbed and unawake. A year passed. <laughs> <laughs> and it became snow's birthday. She would have been 21, Matt murmured, touching the glass. She would have been 20. Right? No, so she was, she was 18. Eight, she was That's 18 right. when they first got her. A year passed, so she would have been 19. They fell in love. They said, wait a year. She would have been 20. She's been in a coma. It's been a year. She's 21. Oh, so basically, three years have passed, and essentially... She's asleep for one of them. Three long paragraphs. <laughs> All right. Yes, three years have passed, and three paragraphs. Okay. She would have been 21, Matt murmured, touching the glass. But instead, she's dead. Well, she's comatose. Let's not be dramatic. Well, that's Matt's whole thing, right? Being dramatic. He is very dramatic. That's such a Matt thing to do. (laughs) She's not dead, Sonny said, comforting Matt. She's just in a deep sleep. We've tried everything we could think of. Nothing has woken her up. It does not offer any explanation of what was in the apple. So in the fairy tale, we knew it was like a sleeping portion. But in this, it just says she ate an apple and went thump. So she could have very easily just been allergic to something. <laughs> well, doesn't Johnny say it's poison? Oh, does he? I thought you said that. Oh, uh, yeah, she must have been poisoned. But then if it's poisoned, you go into a coma. Yeah, I guess. No, you can if it's like a really severe poison. And considering that, well, I mean, clearly they tried to find an antidote and it didn't work. Yeah. So. I mean, they even tried the necromancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's not dead, Sonny said, comforting Matt. She's just in a deep sleep. We've tried everything we could think of. Nothing has woken her up. There's one thing we didn't do. I was scared to mention it before, but now I think it's the only way. You thought of something? Why didn't you tell us? How long have you thought of it? What was it? Tell me, tell me! I should have done that in the accent. You thought of something? Why didn't you tell us? How long have you thought of it? What is it? Tell me, tell me. <laughs> so much better. Yeah, thanks. Matt shook Sonny furiously as he demanded to know what Sonny's plan was. If she was a vampire, dot, 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 she could fight off the poison. Oh, snap. I think that's the end of chapter nine, right? That is the end of chapter nine. Oh, so. So, clearly, 
this is a really weird poison, right? Because it's severe enough that it's put her into a coma, but she hasn't died for like a year. Yeah, it seems to have just kind of preserved her. Like some kind of formaldehyde. <laughs> I am curious if Enva used magic for said poisoned apple. I really hope Enva comes back in other stories yet to be written. Like she, should be, she should be a recurring character in all fairy tale stories. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to start just read chapter 10, okay? Yes. Okay. Matt stood by the glass coffin. The other six vampires stood in a circle around Matt and Snow. I like how they're like so big and like unlike ritual. <laughs> Ritual's important. Yeah. We're expressive therapists. Ritual's important. <laughs> it's part of the process. Yeah. Trust the process, Angelie. Yeah. Trust the process of these vampires. <laughs> Matt took a deep breath. If this was the only way, then Matt would do it. Then why was he so nervous? He looked up at Frank, who nodded. He took another deep breath and sunk his fangs into Snow's neck. Dot, dot, dot. Snow's body began to shake violently, as if she were fighting off the poison. Then she started to cough, a loud choked cough that sounded very painful. Oof. A thick black liquid began to pour from her mouth, splashing onto the floor where it quickly evaporated. <laughs> was that the poison? I think so, yeah. And, or was it like residue from like the witchcraft that these people had tried on her? I think it's supposed to be the poison. Okay. <laughs> but I like that you were very caught up on this witchcraft. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> she began to wheeze and finally opened her eyes. Her purple eyes scanned the room where all the vampires stood looking frightened and confused. So we still don't know why she is purpleized. They're just like there. They're just purple. Yes, they're just purple. Okay. Also, why are they confused? Didn't they know they were turning her into a vampire? I don't know, man. I'm also confused. Her eyes locked on Matt. She ran over to him and jumped up to him, smashing her lips against his in a deep, passionate kiss. You just threw up black bile. You literally were in a coma for you. <laughs> you also just threw up black bile. <laughs> No, what the fuck are you doing, girl? Nasty. Also, she hasn't brushed her teeth in probably a year. And she, right. like, smashes her mouth into his... And she just threw up black bile. <laughs> Gross. Yuck. All right. I love you, she declared. I never want to leave you. You won't, Matt replied, having her run her fingers over her teeth. Oh, I thought you I thought you were going to say run, his, run her fingers through his hair. <laughs> so I was just like, teeth? <laughs> Look at, look at that twist. <laughs> um, you want, Matt replied, having her run her fingers over her teeth, feeling the two sharp fangs. I love you, she repeated. Never leave me. Never. I won't, Matt insisted. We'll be together until the end of the world. And he kissed her once more. The end. Fucking <laughs> <What in> hell. <laughs> Credits rolling. Narrated by Okay, so that's a weird ending. I know. I think basically what happened was that you were really, really invested in the plot when you first started writing this. And then around chapter like six, you were just like, fuck this. I just need to finish this. I just want to like complete, complete the fantasy, have them get, get together and fuck all the details. 
That is exactly what it feels like. It goes from being very drawn out to very rushed. Um, also, yeah, there was a lot to unpack that they just didn't unpack. They just wrapped it up and were happy. <laughs> like, so apparently she had a lot of time to reflect during her year coma. And during said reflection time, decided that she wanted to be with Matt, mm. but had no context to report any of this. So, realistically, right, if if this were, well, relatively real, the last time she was conscious, she was really pissed off and sitting on a bridge, and she ate an apple, right? So, logically, wouldn't that mean that when she wakes up, she's also kind of, maybe a little bit disoriented, but still kind of pissed off at all of these people? So, so I'm saying, like, based off what, based off her response and how this goes, I think she was aware of what was happening. Like, I think she spent the year, like, well, like, like in Get Out, like how they're, like, you know, like the, the sunken place or whatever they I call it. I have not watched Get Out yet. Do not oh, spoil it. Okay, I'll not spoil it. Um, let me think of a different example. But having said that, I, so I don't know exactly what the sunken place is, but I kind of know the plot twist. Like, I know the story. I couldn't avoid the story. Yeah. Okay. Let me show you an example. Um, oh, that, that weird coma movie with Hayden Christensen. So there's this movie where this guy goes um, under for surgery. So they give him anesthesia. But he, instead of being knocked out, is conscious and aware of what is happening. Um, so he, like, can, like, hear all the doctors and, like, feel the pain of them, like, cutting into him. Ooh. But he seems asleep. Okay. That sounds so, terrible. That sounds like the worst kind of sleep paralysis. Yeah, so, oh yeah, it would be very, very traumatic. But I almost wonder if she had something like that happening. Where she was like able to be aware of what was happening in the world, but couldn't interact with it. It is heavily implied. Because... That like, is the real horror element of the story, <laughs> that this girl is trapped in like a semi-sentient coma. Potentially, but then as soon as she's out of it... Again, is not disoriented, is not mad at these people, does, not, does not does not need to be caught Lord up on anything. All she needs to do is throw up some black bile and make out with her shady boyfriend. Having said that, have you ever been like shit faced at like a party, nearly totally incapacitated, but then you throw up and then you feel a lot better and then it's like I like second wind. So I actually have never thrown up from alcohol before. Okay. I have. It's not pleasant. I mean, the ramp in general is not pleasant, so... No, I know. Correct. But, but this time it comes with the shame and the regret. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, what a journey. What yeah, no, I don't know how I feel about this being over. Yeah, I know. But also, we never found out how the other vampires feel about snow. I left a lot of unanswered questions. I know. I really set it up for a sequel. You truly did. That I never wrote. Yeah, I know. I want, so did your other friend write the yellow one? No, I wrote the yellow one. Oh, you did? Yeah. So basically, um, in terms of the, uh, the Cinderella one, mm-hmm. she gave me the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, like, it was her idea to make them homosexual men instead of a stepmother and stepsisters. Mm-hmm. And she's who picked Jared Leto for her person. Mm. I'm trying to think if there's any more to it than that. I, I don't remember that I didn't reread it, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming she more or less gave me, like, the voices. plot points, yeah. and then just kind of was like, do your thing. Like, like, gave me, like, some general, like, here's my ideas, but, like, write it for me. I don't want to write it. Mm. Well, thank you for this gift. <laughs> I would say the first, what, five 
six chapters were worth it, and then it just kind of. I don't know. Fell I feel like off. the other chapters was were, were like short enough that they were enjoyable. That's true. I just wish, like I said, like I feel like I set up a lot and I answered none of it, and then I ended it. <laughs> so, like quality writing once again. <laughs> I. I was Rocky Flintstone before Rocky Flintstone. Exactly. Rocky, <laughs> you want to be this. And if you don't know who that is, please look it up. Your life will be better for it. Yeah. All right. With that, goodbye. we leave you. <laughs> Till the next story. That's it for this week. If you have any questions or, more importantly, any bad creative writing of your own, preferably from your younger years that you'd like for us to read on this podcast, please email us at whydidiwritethat16 at gmail.com. That's whydidiwritethat16 at gmail.com. Wonderful. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>